All right, welcome in, hockey fans of the Desert Southwest. This is uh, the first podcast, the first preview of College Hockey Southwest Weekly's edition of the Desert Hockey Classic, presented by College Bar and Grill, ISU alumni owned and operated at 502 South College Avenue. We're very thankful to have the College Bar and Grill on board. Uh, if you haven't been there, you need to get there. It's, uh, as I like to say from Coach Power's office, you can throw a puck to it, uh, literally across the street from Sun Devil Stadium, and uh, Joe Healy and the guys over there uh, do a great job with, uh, with food and dining and, of course, some uh, after-hours activities. Well, hopefully we'll get out there <laughs> at least at some point this weekend. I did stop by, took the picture. We posted it on the Twitter feed, uh, so we got that going. Uh, behind the mask, uh, locations in Scottsdale, Peoria, and in Gilbert, catering to all your goalie needs as well as all of your hockey needs. And we have uh, a group, great group of sponsors coming up. We'll do them a little bit slow here one at a time so people can see what's going on. But let's talk a little bit about what we're here for, right? We're here for a hockey classic, which is probably one of the best, if not the best, holiday tournament ever assembled. Thoughts? Well... This is going to be a, a tournament where goals are going to be at a premium. As you will hear the coach mention in our interview with the coach at some point during our coverage, every team in this tournament's got a great goalie. And the, every one of these goalies is capable of stealing a game or two games in a weekend. So everybody's going to have to come to play. Uh, ASU's depth is going to be tested. Uh, Minnesota Duluth's depth is going to be tested because they're losing two of their top defensemen and they're going to end up having to play guys that don't regularly play and Minnesota State and Duluth are both going to be without their head coach. Now uh, Coach Powers will say that well-oiled machines can go on without the head coach. Um, we're going to find out for sure because Minnesota State had a problem last weekend at Bowling Green where they got swept. Now it was on the road, so that makes a difference. But we're going to find out uh, what kind of adjustments they've made. Uh, Clarkson hasn't played in three weeks. Duluth hasn't played in two weeks. So ASU has the sharpness advantage going into the tournament. So we're going to see how that plays out. They're going to roll their four lines as they normally do. And while in most games ASU has a definitive goaltender advantage, that advantage is a little bit less in this tournament because all four teams, excellent goalies. And the other thing is going to be interesting, not a lot of seniors on any of these rosters. Right. Exactly. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, for those that have been under a rock and haven't been listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Uh, is that possible? Yeah, exactly. Well, the, uh, the four teams that are going to be here, the defending national champions from the University of Minnesota Duluth, they're also bringing in Minnesota State, who's currently, I believe, number nine in the, in the country. Eight or nine? Yeah, I think they're eight. Eight. They're and eight uh, pairwise. And we got number 15, our own Arizona State Sun Devils. Yep. We also have the number 19 ranked Clarkson Golden Knights. So when you add it all up, it's great hockey, right? In, in the desert southwest, you got nothing to do between bowl games and New Year's. Time to get out to Gila River Arena and watch a little hockey, correct? Bowl games? What are those? <laughs> you know those games where you go to the alley, you get the ball, you roll oh, up. Bowling oh, bowling Okay, yeah. No, it's hockey all the way. <laughs> this is the weekend. You want to be paying attention. Uh, this is going to be the best tournament in the country this year. Other tournaments are going to strive to match the quality of teams that are in this tournament. And 
stay here for your coverage because you're not going to get better anywhere else. One of the things I wanted to mention before we uh, get off to our next guest is I want to talk just a little bit about how important these games are for Arizona State. They've already played 20 games. They're only going to play 34. I've set a magic number of 22 to get qualified for an NCAA tournament, which still, yeah, 22 wins is nice, but I don't know if that assures them a spot. I'm, I threw that out early in the year thinking that was where it could be, but it might need to be 24. Well, certainly winning this tournament this weekend will definitely help. They'll be beating two ranked teams if they win the tournament, including a team that's more or less been in the top five all season long, whether it's Minnesota State or Duluth. Uh, Clarkson has also been ranked for most of the year. Um, these games will go a long way to helping solidify ASU in the pairwise if they should happen to win. Uh, Boston College is starting to heat up a little bit, so that will help them in, in the two matchups with Boston College later in the season. The same thing uh, you would think would happen with uh, Cornell right. and, and BU. Uh, these teams have a tendency to get hotter later in the season. And those teams getting hotter is a double-edged sword, obviously, because that means they'll be tougher to play. But it will also help solidify the pairwise. And rankings don't really mean a lot, as we say all the time. It comes down to the pairwise. Right now, ASU is ninth, and that's a good, solid position to be in. As long as they stay there and they creep up a little bit, maybe even, they, they, they will accomplish their ultimate goal for the season. Well, we'll be back uh, with, with a great guest. We're not going to tell you who it is yet until uh, you have to tune back in when we come right back. But we'll have another great guest. Then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the goaltenders in this tournament and just how great those are. So give us a few minutes, folks, and we'll be right back with uh, a little bit more College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, welcome in to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, our special podcast edition of the Desert Hockey Classic. If you know the guy next to me, if you see him in any hockey games anywhere, right? No, absolutely. Any Sun Devil hockey games absolutely. anywhere. Yes, sir. Oceanside Ice Arena, mm -hmm. Gila River. On the road most of the time. I try to go on the road. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Walker, welcome in. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. This is a big tournament, not for uh, just the team, but for everybody involved with Sun Devil Hockey, isn't it? Tell me, tell me a little bit about how important this is for the fans. Oh, just as a fan, I mean, I, to see these four teams get together um, over a holiday season where we can bring a lot of family in and watch, um, see that great competition. And the way it's lined up, it'd be kind of nice to see how um, ASU can play against one of the Minnesota boys, you know. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a great opportunity to see some great hockey. So early in the year, this summer, I said number seven is going to score 30 goals. Number seven happens to be your son. Mm -hmm. But um, where are we at now? we played, what, 20 games. He's got 17. He's played 19 games, 17 goals. Let's, let's do some math here. Can he reach 30? <laughs> you know I don't like talking about all that stuff. <laughs> I'm a jinx kind of guy. Uh, anything's possible. How's that? Anything's possible. So, you know, he came back from the summer, and I saw him early in July, and I said, that Columbus Blue Jackets camp had a lot to do with his development. Um, he told me it did. You told me it did. 
we're seeing the results of that, aren't we? Absolutely. Um, a lot of it was before the Columbus where he trained for the Columbus. Right. He had time off. He had no distractions. And uh, he skated every day, maybe twice a day, worked out and really focused on his skating and just conditioning and, and nutrition. He really stepped it up in nutrition. He taught me a couple of things, which easily to teach me, but um, I really was proud of him, how he has got to that next level on, on how to take care of his body and everything. A couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to visit with the strength and conditioning coach, Leanne Blinn, and uh, Leanne said that she was so impressed with the way the guys took to the training, like you say, the nutrition, all of that stuff this year, but when I talked to Johnny earlier in the year, too, he brought up Leanne's name and said that she was a big part of his development as far as just getting himself ready to play hockey. Yeah, absolutely. I think the boys in general, they, obviously they bought into everything about this program. Um, I've seen the same kind of uh, positive attitude. And from last year, even when they were struggling on the, on the record, they, even though they played very well, um, this year with the, when the freshmen coming in, they've all bought in. You can yeah. tell they've all bought in. And I think now that it's starting to see some, some work pay off, and now they really not they haven't bought any more. It just I can see them just keep pushing it forward. At it, I know Johnny's very happy with uh, with with the help he gets here from the strength and conditioning coach. I forget it was a Leanne. 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 Yep. Uh, yeah, I met her one day the other uh, on the air, on the airport for coming back from Harvard. Super nice, uh, very very bright. She knows what she's talking about for sure. And I know Johnny's has gone leaps and bounds because of her. You know, I know Johnny wanted to be a Sun Devil for a long time. Um, he would have walked on, he would have jumped on, he would have done whatever it took to be a Sun Devil. But now that he's been here a couple of years, what have you seen out of him in the program? Uh, I've been so happy to see him keep developing um, and to see the fans gravitate towards him. Um, I love what I've seen here. It's, it's a... It's, it's a dream come true. I can't really even believe. <laughs> I figured for another four years I'd be traveling, traveling across the country to see him play one home game like it's been in the past for me. Um, but he is, uh, he's, he, like I said, like the rest of the team bought in. He's passionate. Um, he, he just cannot wait to keep pushing the limits and see how far he can go with this team. Are you as amazed as I am that this team has gone relatively injury-free throughout the season? I mean, the depth, yeah, find some wood, knock on it. I do it every show. Um, but, you know, there's something about winning and feeling better, right? I mean, you heal a lot faster when you're winning. Yeah, that, obviously that, that helps. <laughs> but I, I think the way this whole program is in general. I mean, I, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I can critique anything. Right. And I, I have a hard time finding a flaw with everything I've seen here. Yeah. Um, anything from when timeouts are called to the forecheck to the lines, uh, I, I'm very happy with everything I've seen. Not that, that they're asking me, right. but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited because keep seeing it, keep improving, and, and keep having results. Um, I think part of the injury thing was the way they take care of the boys here. Yeah. You know, there's a good condition that, you know, they, they're taking care of themselves preseason, during season. Um, I see the kids after the game, they're all in good shape, so no one's messing around. Right. Um, no one's, you know, eating. I bet when juniors, I'd see a couple guys <laughs> that, you know, they're having a couple donuts here and there, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, these boys all seem to be in great shape. And they, I actually feel like they're probably pushing each other without even saying it. Yeah. You know, they look at each other and realize how well someone's doing. And just like there's some guys that, I'm, that I know from watching last year should be in the lineup because they're that good. But they can't because there's good players in front of them, and that's just the way hockey is. Um, so I think they're all keeping themselves in good shape and, and fine-tuned. And just I watched a little skating out there. They look like they haven't missed a beat since when they left. So we talk about the uh, 
friendly confines of Oceanside yeah, Ice Arena. You, you, <laughs> you and all the players as well, but as a parent, as a Sun Devil supporter, how big a step is it going to be in your estimation when they finally get that new building and, and get something on campus where we can bring 4,500, 5,000 people, standing room only, yeah. right on campus? I've always said, okay, so if this continues to grow the way it's growing, which there's no reason it shouldn't, and with the talent you're coming in here, it's going to be kind of unfair right. for the other teams. It really is yeah. to have such a beautiful, a brand new arena, brand new state-of-art facility. Um, obviously, the entire the, the university's bought into athletics. Um, I just hope Johnny can get in there at least one year. That'd be kind of neat. Um, but it, it really is going to be an unfair advantage against, especially not, not only the big boys. Yeah. But even some of the small schools, I'm not going to mention who, but I mean, yeah. they're going to have a hard time competing with kids who want to come here. Yeah. I was uh, one of my best friends. Uh, his kid was in town um, two weekends ago playing youth hockey, and every single one of them came to the game, and they wanted to be part of this. They didn't care about the <laughs> rink. Right. Um, uh, but, but when that happens, it's just going to be what a, what a, I don't know, just an incredible recruiting tool. You know, I had a, an old friend come in from Minnesota who covers the Gophers on a regular basis. I had a chance to visit with him a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he mentioned something to me that I hadn't really thought of, but he said the pitchfork is a recruiting tool. Mm -hmm. And Herm Edwards and the football team getting on national TV with the pitchfork is making a difference. And now kids want to wear the pitchfork. I know Johnny does. Oh, absolutely. So what's that attraction? Is it just... Is it just cool or what what do you think brings that attraction oh, it's cool for sure but uh <laughs> but with behind that is uh, is a great team right you know um and something the building could be coming along for a long time the other thing i was going to say too you get the coyotes on the west side right there's nothing on the east side yep. and there's a lot of hockey families here on the east side yeah so i always thought that uh they could almost you know once this builds up to something special you could be hard time getting tickets in a 5,000 seat arena yeah so that's just how, something i was going to mention before but uh I mean, the uniforms are great, yeah. but I mean, some kids like this, some kids don't, but yeah. I mean, it's all part of the whole package, which I think it's a great, great situation. So let's wrap things up with specifically talking about the, uh, where we started with the Desert Hockey Classic, out of Gila River, really good weekend if you ask me, it's between bowl games, it's not on New Year's, it's not on any of that, it's uh, their own weekend, um, what, what do you anticipate seeing between these four teams that are all top 20? I think it's going to be a battle with Clarkson. Both teams are coming off along, you know, a couple, you know, 10, 14 days. Uh, I like the fact that Minnesota Duluth and Minnesota State are playing against each other. Johnny's got some buddies that play with out in Chicago. I think four or five players of right. Minnesota State. Those are some good players. Yeah. Um, so I think he would love to meet them in the championship right. and then see what happens there. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to some great, great hockey, and I just hope he makes it to the – well, I know he's going to make the late game on Saturday no matter right. what, but <laughs> hope it means something a little more. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Jeff, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, you know, I started the campaign, Johnny for Hobie, right? It, we're we're going to breathe this into existence. Yeah. Whatever we got to do, right? Absolutely. I mean, whatever, just to be mentioned <laughs> yeah. is, is – Fantastic. We're looking forward to seeing number seven on the ice again and doing some things out at Gila River. Absolutely. Thank you very much. In today's odor elimination, sanitizing, and deodorizing market, air spaces and fabrics are treated with very aggressive, highly toxic, and often very dangerous but cheap chemical-based solutions. These chemicals have harmful residues and pollutants that can impact your health 
and the well-being of those around you. This is the bad news. The good news is there's something better. That something is OxyPal. OxyPal is a fast-growing company based in Phoenix, Arizona, with franchises opening across North America. OxyPal has developed a way to eliminate, not mask or disguise, all organic-based odors in any airspace or on any fabric surface with ozone, also called trioxygen. Ozone is present in the atmosphere, and it is what protects our planet, our environment, and every living thing on Earth. Through years of research and development, OxyPal has perfected a way to harness and apply this powerful solution to purify airspaces and fabric surfaces safely and effectively, eliminating all organic bacteria, viruses, mold, fungi, and allergens on the molecular level. OxyPal has designed and perfected many next-generation and evolutionary alternative products and services safe for people, pets, and our planet. The solutions offered by OxyPal are stronger, safer, non-toxic, and a great value. Visit our website and online store today at www.oxypal.com. On our website, you can make a service appointment, buy products, or learn more about us and our great franchising opportunities. All right, welcome in to another uh, episode, edition, whatever we want to call it, right. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast, the webcast on iTunes, on podbean.com, and the special edition for Desert Hockey Classic here in beautiful Gila River Arena. We're recording today with my long-distance devil, got Paul Hornstein sitting in for my man uh, Tom Callahan, who's off vacationing in beautiful Buffalo. He's the long-distance devil this week. I don't know <laughs> yeah. where. I, is it supposed to work that way? Are you right. supposed to go from here to Buffalo in December? I don't know. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, we didn't talk about that in the opening, but you flew out here from New York. I did. An ASU alum. Yes, I am. Hadn't been here in 20 years. I had not. Did you notice anything different when you arrived here in Tempe, Arizona? Oh, <laughs> just about everything. <laughs> the, the, the guts of the campus looks and feels the same. It's just that when you get out onto university and you get out onto Mill, there, there's almost nothing I recognize. <laughs> I, just, as you, I just spent all day going, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, where did that come from? Why is that here? Folks, I picked him up at the airport. I counted 17 wows between the airport and Tempe that, uh, that came out of Paul's mouth. But we're glad to have you. It's going to be a busy week. This is podcast number one of a six-podcast special series that we're doing all the way through the weekend. We're talking hockey. We're talking NCAA hockey. We're talking some of the best in the country. So before we go any farther with the, the best in the country, let's talk about what makes them the best in the country and, in my estimation, for the best goaltenders. Well, you're going to see goaltending this week. Uh, any of the four goalies can steal this tournament. Uh, the goalie with the poorest save percentage uh, has a 9.15 save percentage. That's the poorest. Uh, 2.15 is the, the highest goals against average of the four starting goaltenders this weekend, all the way down to 1.7, I believe, off the, is, is the guy with the lowest goals against average. So goaltending and goal scoring is going to be at a major premium this weekend. You've got to stay out of the box, not give teams power plays. I don't care which team you are. Yeah. And you are going to have to create a lot of havoc in front of the net. So you're telling me we're not going to be looking at any 7-6 games, you don't think? 
maybe if you add up all the goals from all four games, you might get to 7-6. But if you see a 7-6 game, there's some crazy stuff going on. All right, you were on an airplane for about four hours plus today coming out. I know you did some studying for me, so let's break it down. Let's start with game one, Minnesota State versus uh, University of Minnesota Duluth. Who do you got from Minnesota State? What do you expect for their goaltender? Um, well, their goaltender, Dryden McKay, is a freshman. So that's always a wild card whenever you start a freshman. Um, but he's been very, very solid, um, I believe. The name is not a mistake. Yeah, right. Dryden. Uh, I heard somewhere, I can't remember where it was because I've been on a plane and up since 4 o'clock Eastern time this morning. Uh, his father was a big Canadians fan, and Ken Dryden was his favorite player. I don't know if he purposely steered his kid towards goaltending or not, but clearly it's worked out, and he's got a goals against average of 2.1 and a 9.15 save percentage. Uh, and he's got the higher end of the stats in that matchup. So, Okay, so let's jump over to the other side of the coin in Minnesota Duluth and, and Hunter Shepard coming in, the second Hunter to play at uh, Minnesota Duluth. With uh, We stole the other one. When I say we, Arizona, Tucson, we took, uh, Hunter, we took Hunter Miska from them when, oh, okay. he, when he finally had to graduate. But talk a little bit about Hunter Shepard and what he means for the Bulldogs. Well, he's going to mean a lot this weekend. He has the 1.77 goals against average, um, and he's going to have to play behind a very shorthanded defensive core. Uh, Minnesota Duluth has two of their top defensemen playing at the World Junior Championships this week, and so that means some guys are going to pick up some minutes they, do not, they don't normally play, and so that's going to be an adjustment not just for their defensive core, but for the goaltender as well, because he has to communicate with those guys, and it's not going to be the same when you have a different group out there. Now, how they pair them up, I don't know. Right. We'll find out this we'll weekend. Find out tomorrow. We'll find out tomorrow probably, but that's going to make a big difference and could, could make a difference in who wins that first game. All right, let's jump to game two, the 7.30 game at, at Gila River Arena. We're looking at uh, our very own Sun Devils, but they're, they're facing Clarkson, who is – out of the four teams, they're, they're the team we really don't know a whole lot about, but we do know they have a solid goaltender, correct? We do. Uh, coach was talking about that on the ice during practice uh, as we were watching before we started taping. Uh, Jake Keeley, he's got a, a 920 save percentage as well. Um, they haven't played in three weeks, so that could be a factor. Although I asked around, and sometimes – Players rebound very well from that time off, and they get quicker, at least in the beginning, before it hits them. So we're going to see how that matchup turns out. Uh, ASU will throw their four lines at everybody, and we'll see how they do affecting whether or not they can get some more pucks to the net, whether they can deflect some more shots, whether they can screen them, because that's what this tournament's going to come down to with these kind of goalies. Absolutely, and of course Clarkson's a Golden Knights, so don't get them confused. We're not bringing Marc-Andre Fleury in here. It's, uh, it's the Golden Knights from the University yeah. of Clarkson. Well, here's also a, a thing. Clarkson does not make a lot of road trips where they have to fly. Right. They, they just don't. And so that's going to be an interesting factor to look out for, uh, how quickly they get their legs under them, not just in the skate tomorrow, but in the game because they haven't also played in three weeks. So there's a lot of unknown factors with them coming into this tournament. So how they react to the time off, uh, does ASU come out 
and try to put a hurting on them early in order to take them out of the game uh, is always going to be a key factor, especially since ASU has had less time off since they last played. All right, let's talk Sun Devil goaltending. Coach just told us, you were listening, he said that he was uh, he had the best goaltender in the country. I said it's a hashtag Joey for Richter. Um, Joey Decord sporting some new gold pads out there. What's um, your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm going to wear my sunglasses tomorrow to the, <laughs> and out to the game because they are pretty bright. Um, but the thing about when a goalie wears new pads, sometimes – now, I don't listen. Listen, I have – worn goalie pads in a long, long time. They might make them more broken in now like they do baseball gloves. I don't know, but I would assume just from the conversations I've had that goalies like to have a feel for their equipment. So how that plays into what happens uh, with these new pads and the new sticks for everybody too is kind of interesting to watch. Um, But... Let's face it, the most important thing for a goaltender is what's between the ears, and nobody's playing better than Joey Decord right now. You know, and the great thing about Joey is uh, I've noticed, at least since you're covering him on a daily basis, is that his rebound control has been phenomenal. He doesn't let any pucks loose. If it gets to Joey, he snarls it up, grabs onto it, hangs onto it, gets a whistle, does something. Usually tries to put it down and, and move it the other direction when he gets a chance, which is also a big key, right, especially on that, uh, the ice surface up at Gila River. Well, when you have a goalie that handles the puck the way he does, and there are goalies that are good at handling the puck, but he, at least at this level, seems to be head and shoulders above everybody else. And it's like an extra defenseman out there. He gets pucks heading in the other direction very quickly. And when you control those rebounds the way he normally does, and I think there's only been maybe one or two games where he struggled with that this year, um, it's a major, major advantage that ASU usually has in net. It's a little less this weekend with as good as these goaltenders are, but I would still give them the edge uh, for those reasons, the handling of the puck, the confidence, and uh, the less X factors involved in time off and travel and players missing and coaches missing and, and just the confidence level that he has right now. Uh, him and the team go out and they expect to win every game. Well, I'm going to have Joey on for our preview tomorrow. I'm going to ask him if he, uh, if the rumor's true, because I thought I saw he got them under his tree at Christmas time, and rumor has it he slept in those things for the last couple of days. So we'll ask Joey if that's really true to break him in or what the deal was when he was back in Boston. I'll leave the gossip column stuff up to you. I'm not <laughs> getting involved in any of that. <laughs> Paul, thanks for, uh, for wrapping us up and talking about goaltending. We'll come right back and wrap up this episode, this podcast, this webcast, this little bit of everything of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. And those listening and watching all over the United States, Canada, and the world, it's College Hockey Southwest Weekly, podcast number one, our special edition of uh, the Desert Hockey Classic here at beautiful Gila River Arena. I got my man Paul Hornstein still with me. Paul, we're going to wrap this up, so let's talk a little bit about what we expect this weekend. First of all, let's talk about the podcast. We're going to have six of them. We're going to be busy. We're going to see all the games. We're going to do all the previews. We're going to have everything coming out for you. Uh, One every morning from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then a final recap on January 2nd. Well, 
If you're a college hockey fan and you're an ASU Sun Devil fan, this is the place to be because you're not going to get better coverage anywhere else. Um, we're going to have all the angles covered for you as best we can. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic tournament. Um, this tournament has gotten noticed uh, around the country from all of the national college hockey media. Uh, trying to take as much of it in as I can, uh, especially since I spend a lot of time in the car like yourself. <laughs> um, and the people were talking about this tournament, the College Hockey News, USCHO. They were talking about the tournament, and they were talking about this team, uh, and uh, people are starting to take notice. You know, we mentioned this earlier, at least I mentioned it earlier, that every win that the Sun Devil program can get right now is crucial. Um, I gave them the magic number of 22 wins to get into the tournament. Um, I think they're going to attain 22, but I think they may want to get 24 just to feel a little bit more comfortable. 14 games left, right? We've got 12 down right now. So my math tells me we've got to win a few more. Uh, coach would probably want to get to 26 just to make <laughs> sure. But at 12, 14, yeah. Uh, the, or what is he, 14 at uh, 28, I'm sorry. But he'll take 26, I'm sure. I've been told many times by people on uh, Twitter that I shouldn't do math live on the air. So uh, I'm not going to do the math anymore. I'm just going to say, say a couple of things. I'm going to say that this program is growing. It's on the rise. If you're not a part of it, you need to become a part of it. I know Oceanside is small. I know it's confined. But we're headed towards a new building very soon. Um, I believe we have two legitimate, I believe we have three legitimate national award winners, and I'm going to throw them out right now. I think Johnny Walker stands to be Johnny for Hobie. I think he can score 30 goals. Uh, he's at 17 right now. So there's number one. Number two is I think Joey Decord's got a, a shot at uh, the Richter Award. He's going to need to do some work down the stretch. And one thing we haven't talked much about, but Coach Greg Powers is up for I should be up for National Coach of the Year. I mean, anybody that can take a program like this from the ACHA level this quickly and get the wins that he has. Thoughts as the Sun Devil alum? Well, listen, I love those kinds of thoughts. I'm not sure the coach would be too happy about hearing it because he's going to be like, well, no, I don't want to talk about stuff like that. Um, it's all up to the players. Um, but you would think – if they get to whatever that number is, whether it's 22 or 24, and uh, they're playing past Minnesota, uh, who else would you give it to? Right. Well, we're going to wrap things up on this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the new things we're going to see out at Gila River. John Loeffner, the, uh, the equipment manager here, has done some wonderful things since he uh, came on board a couple of years ago. One of them is 135 uniform combinations between helmets, gloves, jerseys, pants, socks. I thought we weren't going right. to do math. Right. <laughs> and we're, we're going to talk about the newest ones, the ones that people have been starving for. They're coming out in black. They're coming out in black. Um, I want you to tell me what you thought about the new JetSpeed CCM sticks that you saw on the ice just a few minutes ago. Um, they sounded different. I, you know, I don't have one in my hand, so it's hard for me to get a feel for what they actually feel like. Um, I'm an old wooden stick guy, so. Uh, Hold on a minute, wood? There yeah. was wood at one time? Yes, there was. Um, and they didn't break as much either, by the way. I don't want to, you can say what you want, but those old wooden sticks, you had to beat the crap out of them in order to not get, in order for them to break. Uh, I see a lot of games, and I see a lot of these graphite sticks and these composite sticks and whatever they're made of, 
they break, and usually at the worst time. So I'm an old wood guy, and I'm not going to deny it. I still have the last hockey stick I bought 25 years ago, still in my garage. I still use it to when I have to go to work, and I take it with me, and I do give my own hockey lessons. So, Paul, I appreciate you stepping in for us. We're about to wrap up this episode. This is the uh, the last one we'll do from Oceanside Ice Arena. Everything else is from Gila River from this point forward. But it's a pleasure having you in. I know Tom Callahan's thanking you because you're filling his role very nicely. And uh, we'll look forward to, to seeing everybody and hear everybody hearing us live from Gila River for the next three days. Looking forward to it. Tom, enjoy Buffalo. <laughs>